everybody. Welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior and IJ nephropathy warrior, and I'm dedicated to sharing the stories of those with IBD. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now let's get to it. Well, hi, everyone. My guest today is Kelly Jenkins. She's a chronic illness patient, certified yoga teacher, and certified nutrition coach thriving in a modern world. After being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, she spent the past eight years treating it with a combination of Western and naturopathic medicine. And today, she's on a journey to support happier, healthier, chronically willed warriors. Thank you so much for joining me, Kelly, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and honored. Thank you. I'm honored to have you. I'm excited to to get into your story. So you have been on quite a journey over the past few years, especially this past year when you took some time off from social media to focus on yourself and some exciting things that we'll get into later in the show. But first, let's go ahead and get started with your IBD story. And can you talk about when and how you were first diagnosed? Yes, it's been, as I'm sure with most folks with chronic illness, a long journey to, um, to today. So I was diagnosed in July of 2015. I um, had kind of a tumultuous year leading up to my diagnosis. Um, In January of that year, I had a a chronic sinus infection that I underwent about three rounds of antibiotics. So obviously had some damage to my microbiome. And then um, that March, April, May, kind of um, into June was a really stressful time in my life. I trained for and rode in a hundred mile um, cycling event. I We bought our first home, we got married and we got a puppy all within a very small amount of time. Um, and in that time, I honestly, like I probably had symptoms, but I wasn't, even though I, I wasn't a yoga teacher then, but I've been practicing yoga for a long time, even though I'm a fairly mindful person, I was a little disconnected from what was going on in my body. And then in July of that year, after all those events, I started, you know, noticing, wow, I'm having really loose stools. Okay. Now I'm having blood in my stool. This is a little concerning. And so after about like a week of, you know, experiencing that my husband's like, okay, you need to go to urgent care. Um, I went to urgent care immediately. They were like, you're having a colonoscopy tomorrow morning and urgent colonoscopy. And then I I received the diagnosis rather quickly, actually. So I I am thankful that I didn't endure symptoms for a very long time. You know, I know several friends and folks in this community can go years without having a diagnosis. I was pretty thankful right away. I started taking mesalamine. So um, Lialda is the brand name that most folks are used to hearing. And that initially definitely calmed my symptoms right off the bat. But over the next few years, I kind of like, like many patients that kind of really have, you know, with stress and life and all the things that go on, um, just ups and downs with my disease. And that's kind of, um, that really kind of went on for a number of years. I mean, I've had, that was that diagnosis was eight years ago. And it really wasn't until about 2020, when I honestly quit my job as communications director for a school district, which was highly stressful environment. And I started um, my own business, which you would think would be stressful, but thankfully was less stressful than working in K-12 education during a pandemic. So then I, you know, because I could set my own schedule, I'm very thankful. I just have a luxury that a lot of people don't have. And and I totally recognize that. I don't have children. I have fur kids and and I work from home and I work for myself. But when I really started to hone in on my nutrition, which I have been, I've always been a health nut, always eaten healthier, made good choices, but really started focusing on, you know, listening to my body, listening to the way that foods affected me and and just learning, you know, everyone's different. What works for me isn't going to work for another Crohn's or colitis patient, um, exactly. But um, I started to listen to my body more, started to really cook everything from scratch. And then that's when my healing started to go. Before we jump into food, I want to ask you, when you were first getting your symptoms, had anyone in your family ever had IBD or was this a completely new topic? Were you familiar with it at all? Brand new uh, topic to me. I did not have any familial history of gastrointestinal any GI problems in my father or mother's side of the family. So, and I had never even heard of ulcerative colitis when the GI doctor presented me with that diagnosis, like right when I came to out of the colonoscopy, like you have ulcerative colitis. I'm like, 
what is that? And so I had no idea. And what was it like talking with your husband? Because for a lot of us, luckily, it sounds like you had someone that you have an open communication with your husband that it sounded like you talked to him, that he was the one that encouraged you to go to the hospital. But what was it like broaching that subject? Because I know for myself, for a lot of people who I've spoken with over the years, it's hard to bring up. It can be an embarrassing topic. What was that like for you? And do you have tips to share on how to broach the conversation or just to to get it out there and, and share it with people who are in your family and in your circle? Yeah, I am thankful. I had a very, my husband and I have a very open communication. We talk about poop. We talked about poop before, <laughs> you know, um, I had that disease because I always, you know, I think that your bowel movements are everyone knows they're kind of a really direct reflection of what's going on inside. And so I'm fairly thankful. And I am also very comfortable speaking about that. That's just who I am. I do know that it rather the awkwardness doesn't oftentimes come from me. But when I was first diagnosed, sharing that with my coworkers, a lot of people were like, oh, hearing it, they were awkward. I'm like, well, everyone poops. We all have. And to be honest, like, more often than not, folks are dealing with digestive problems just because of the chronic level of stress that we're all under and the connection with our gut brain. Um, but I, I will say that um, I think kind of making it in your mind that like, which is hard for some people, but I put in my mind that everyone deals with, with you know, going to the bathroom and everyone can understand when you have a really tough time, like when you eat something that everyone has these foods, like whether or not you have a disease or not, you eat something and it doesn't set well with you. So I think just coming from that, you know, and, and to be honest, most people are really understanding. And I feel like there was more damage in situations or relationships when I didn't share that I had a disease rather than when I did. And then I, you opened that pathway for communication. Like somebody else could be like, oh, I don't have the disease, but I don't totally know what you're talking about. You know, thank you for sharing and just opening that line of communication. I think that more people um, are more, now more than ever, especially 2023, are very understanding and open and willing to have that conversation. But I know it can be difficult for folks who are a little bit more introverted and shy, but just know that um, people are compassionate and at you know, and if, if they're a good person, they will hear you out and be, you know, they'll, they'll do what they can to help you. I found that when I told my coworkers and even though they were awkward, I'm like, Oh, what can we do? They were just like anything that we can do to support you. I'm super thankful. I've been in just circles of folks that were very understanding. Those are great words. Thank you for sharing that. And a random side note, I just have to share with you. You mentioned you were in communications for a school district. I was actually in communications for a, a private school, 6 through 12, for about 14 years. So when oh you talk God. about stress and in that position through the pandemic, I 100% know exactly what you're talking about. So Wild times. <laughs> Wild times. So that was just a random thing I had to, had to share with you when you said that. So take me through, from 2015, you got the diagnosis. You were just about to lead into kind of your nutrition journey in 2020. But before we get there, what was it like to manage those symptoms for those first five years? Did you have a lot of symptoms? Did you have any tricks or tips that you kind of learned along the way? Did symptoms kind of remain stable for you? What did that look like? Yeah, so I definitely had a lot of up and down journeys in that, it, you know, in that 2015 to 2025 year time period. Um, I held a few different job positions, all stressful as well. And I began to immediately see a direct correlation between a stressful event in my life or my career, like, you know, preparing for a trade show or a big event, the beginning of a school year, um, and seeing that wax and wane my disease would flare up and then calm down. So um, when I first was diagnosed, I, of course, ate quite healthy. And I have been doing paleo for some time being up to that. But I first initially started cutting out gluten and dairy because I just felt like, you know, I kind of did a DIY journey of what I think most folks could do now looking back much quicker if they had, you know, if I had sought out the advice of some folks like a functional medicine provider, or someone who could maybe do some testing, but I just kind of did a little, okay, I noticed that this affects me. So I'm going to start cutting this out. So I started to 
I started many, tried many diets. You know, I had been in t- periods of time where my doctor was like, you're doing Remicade or Intivio. We're putting you on something. And then I would be like, no, 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 give me some time. And then I'd spend like a month doing the specific carbohydrate diet, like SCD or autoimmune protocol, AIP and trying different things. And I did see, you know, gradual changes and improvements. Um, but then I would have a stressful event. And no matter what my food intake is and nutrition, like, you know, that that really signified to me like, okay, I am someone who's like, one, I care about what I do. I care about my job. I care um, about performance. And I also invest myself into my work and into my family and my friends. And, you know, through, you know, a lot of things, therapy, self-work, self-awareness started to kind of realize that sometimes I needed to care a little bit less, which sounds terrible. But you know, there's something to like the book, you know, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, like trying to protect your energy. And I think, you know, going in that time period, too, I got my yoga teacher training, became more just, you know, intuitive and and begin to listen to what was going on in my mental narrative and how I would react and trying to respond rather than react and trying to also just, you know, let things be versus trying to insert myself. I'm a fixer. I'm a helper. I want to insert myself. And how can I help my friend? And how can I help this problem at work versus like knowing that I'm going to become too invested or no matter what the outcome is, um, you know, sometimes like I like knowing that my body will get affected from just the overload. So yeah, so lots of periods of getting really great you know, no symptoms being on just mesalamine, oral mesalamine to very, very sick, um, using rectal suppositories and enemas and mesalamine. Um, I've gone through trying, I've never been on a biologic or any type of infusion or, or medication like that. That's just my per- personal choice, but um, have done, have used steroids to help um, with the inflammation, which you know, both oral and rectal steroids. Um, again, they all kind of like managed my symptoms and kind of, I was getting by like kind of managing the symptoms, but I didn't feel like I would, I still was exhausted and tired, even when I had no symptoms, right? Like I was running no urgency, no bloody stools or running to the bathroom a million times a day. I still would feel exhausted. And so, um, which is, you know, that's, that is life with chronic illness. I feel like I saw something this just maybe in the last couple of years that said that um, they surveyed people who had Crohn's or colitis, like, and they compared to the level of exhaustion and it had compared to somebody who had gone without sleep for 72 hours was just kind of the equivalent of the daily, like the, the energy um, miss or, or the imbalance of energy for somebody who has Crohn's or colitis. I know I've definitely felt that at certain points in my own disease of just that exhaustion that's so hard to describe. And I know I've heard it from so many people of fatigue is a huge, huge symptom, let alone everything that goes on in the bathroom. Fatigue is probably the biggest symptom aside from all of that. First, I want to ask, because since you obviously noticed the direct correlation with stress, as you started to notice that correlation, did you find that when you went into periods of flare-ups, did you notice that if you were able to manage the stress a little bit, did that help and support the the treatments that you are doing at that time? Yeah, I think if I were able to get ahead of it a little bit, so, you know, I would, let's say there would be a stressful event at work and I know that I'm like carrying that home and taking it with me and I start to feel like, okay, my gut's a little bit more grumbly, I'm hearing noises, I'm okay, a little bit more urgency. Um, if I were able to, you know, my biggest thing that I try to focus on is like, how can I subtract rather than, okay, what can I add? What supplements can I add? What can I do, you know, to add to like, oh, I got to stop this. And, you know, versus like, okay, what is, what is um, crucial right now? And then what is uh, like, what can I cut? What, What fat can I trim off? Like, okay, you know, I know that I don't need to go to this social event. Like I would, I need that time to rest and be at home or I don't need to push myself. I, I love exercise and being, we live, I live in Bend, Oregon. It's an outdoor recreation Mecca, but you know, that FOMO is really hard, but I don't need to be 
you know, cross country skiing all every day in the wintertime. I don't need to be this or that. Like, I just need to look at like, how can I trim away things to, you know, we always think of in this culture, today's culture, like how can we add, add, add? And, and, and there's only 24 hours in a day. My suggestion to anyone for any illness or any strategy for living a, a healthy, um, fulfilling life is like, how can I simplify? So that was what I would work on is, okay, what's purely necessary for work? Um, what's purely necessary to just, you know, and again, being a perfectionist myself, wanting to like, do really hard and work really hard. I'm like, you know what? Even like my 60% effort is greater than some people's, like most of the population. So I'm just somebody that works so hard. But reality is like when I would just do what it was expected of me, my boss was extremely happy and, and, and thought my work was great. But sometimes I just put my own pressures on myself to perform. Um, and those expectations of, oh, I should be this, I should be that versus, um, you know, trying to just be more reasonable with myself. So that was probably the biggest strategy is like, okay, how can I reduce? How can I cut back? I think part of having a chronic illness is knowing when to pump the brakes and when to push the gas. Right. And so like, okay, all the signs are, or I know that I'm going to have a super stressful month ahead of me. There were months where I paid for a meal planning service that like pre-made meals based on my, I'm very thankful we have here in Bend, this meal prep service that will make food based on your, you know, dietary needs, paleo, gluten-free, whatever it might be. And then I would just pick up. So those weeks that I knew it was going to be stressful, I would order meals ahead of time. Again, it's a luxury that I know everyone doesn't have, but um, I would try to just prep myself for, okay, not cooking and prep food prepping is going to save me time and stress. So I'm going to do that. But, you know, sometimes even if you do all those things, I would, you know, you still go into flare and you're still sick. So it's like, I just feel like, you know, I'm just chasing, like something happens and then you're, you're chasing it, you know, for the next couple months of like, okay, this one event happened. And now I'm just trying to do all the things to get the inflammation and back down to some sort of base level. Sometimes the body's going to do what it, the body is going to do. Yeah, exactly. But I do love that strategy of simplifying and trying to get ahead of it when you can. So take me back through 2020 is kind of what you were leading up to and you start realizing nutrition is part of the picture. So what happens at that point? Where does where does your journey go from there? Yeah, so 2020, I left that crazy stressful job, was at home a lot more because I started my own business. And again, when I you're in a space where you are not inundated with mental distractions like work or um, other things, you know, being in an office and constant interruptions, you begin to listen more and kind of be more in tune with your body and the pace slows. And I think we've kind of like, we've been desensitized. We've been like, you know, to like the pace that the modern life lifestyle pace is just unsustainable. And when, you, like, I think the pandemic did that a little bit for everybody, right? We kind of got put the brakes on pause and like, oh, wow, like life doesn't have to be this crazy. Um, I had that again, very, I'm grateful for that, the luxury of being able to be at home. And um, so then I started cooking. I mean, I always cooked a ton, but I started cooking more, you know, everything from, you know, I'm going to make my own bagels. I'm going to start, you know, make trying to make my own protein bars because what I did notice is that I had cut down a lot of inflammatory foods for me, which I knew from the past five years of having the disease, but I was still having like occasional inflammation. I was, I'm, you know, up until at 2020, I was still taking um, mesalamine orally and, you know, just kind of doing a good job again of managing my symptoms, but not really getting at like a deeper you know, feeling like I'm completely, completely well, um, still I'm like, okay, cut out the stressful job. That's great. But like, I got to work on other things. So started to, yeah, just eliminate, you know, it's funny, I used to think, oh, and it may have just been I was so sick, but like red meat, even in 2020, 2021, like steak, when I would eat steak, I thought like, oh, it doesn't settle with me, it would like, call, give me loose stools. Well, reality was like, I was eating gluten free protein bars that had ingredients that like, I realized that tapioca flour, which is, it's so sad because it's like a gluten-free 
food and, and safe for a lot of people. But for me, until I really started to like food journal, which I had on and off throughout the past, but really, really, okay, be consistent with logging in an app, what I'm eating every day, and then how I feel. And then over time trending like, okay, these last few weeks, I've been great. Oh, I haven't been eating that one protein bar that, that for me, it was a protein bar, like that was the hidden thing. And then when I started to really hone in, re- remove a lot of those foods, and then cook foods, just in my own kitchen, um, with in- which knowing that I could control what I put into it. And where it came from, at least I, I knew, you know, where I'm purchasing these foods, then I started to really, really improve, you know, in t- 2019, um, leading up to the 2020, I had two surgeries, I had a sinus surgery, and then I got a sinus surgery, then I got C. difficile, and got C. Di- infection of C. diff, I took vancomycin to, to kill off the C. diff, but then I had another surgery, just six months later, an emergency appendectomy. And I begged the surgeon, please don't give me antibiotics post-surgically. I just had C. diff six months ago. And she was really great. She's like, you know, no worries. We'll give it to you during the procedure, IV antibiotics, but I will not give you any oral antibiotics. Um, What I didn't know, I mean, I knew that C. diff was quite common for folks with Crohn's or colitis, but I guess as a UC or Crohn's patient, you're 11 times more likely to develop C. diff on antibiotics post-surgically. So after that, my microbiome was quite obliterated. I had even, not even like um, traditional UC symptoms with like bleeding. It was just a lot of like, you know, frequent stools and loose stools. So I also at that time really focused on adding in fermented foods and things to build back. I would try, you know, over the whole course of my disease, I've tried a million different probiotics from like VSL-3 back when the prescribed VSL-3 and Anytime I would take anything with an added probiotic, it would literally just be like pouring gas on a fire. It would just make things worse for me. That's me personally. So um, what I did find is small amounts of fermented foods. Like when people are like, oh, sauerkraut like destroys me. And I'm like, well, how much are you eating? They're like, oh, like probably like a half a cup or, you know, and I'm like, okay, one teaspoon, (laughs) like half a teaspoon. You know, I would just take a bite once a day, little tiny bits and try to build up that, you know, cause there's going to be a ton of things like foods that I, you cannot consume when your, your gut is flaring. And so anyway, fermented foods, controlling my nutrition, being more mindful about, you know, working from home and kind of becoming a hermit allowed me to really reduce that overstimulation. And I also, you know, stopped doing my, which sounds, uh, you know, I'm like, I feel bad. I stopped doing my Instagram account. So I had an account called Notorious IBD. That was the, actually the name of my account to begin with. And, but I like started my new business. I'm like, I cannot focus on all these things at once. I can't, you know, talk about my disease and then start this new business and do whatever, cook from home. So I'm like, you know what, that's one thing I'm just going to have to subtract. I'm going to simplify it. I'm not going to use that account anymore. Um, for now, just going to keep it up there. Um, and then, you know, basically spent the next from that 2020 till now, really focusing in on I mean, I've done so many things I've done acupuncture, I have done, you know, working, I've worked with functional medicine providers, I have done ozone therapy, I've done BPC 157 peptides, I have, yeah, have just tried a lot of things and really just trying to get my body from this upregulated cycle where, where it was my nervous system and my gut, my digestion down to like, okay, calming everything down, getting good sleep, getting good nutrition, protecting my energy. And there's a lot to like, when you have, I I love social media, like that's honestly what got me through a ton is like connecting with people online, because nobody in my circle of friends, none of my family members had ever heard of ulcerative colitis, they had heard of Crohn's, but they're like, ulcerative colitis. What's, what's that? And so I really found deep connection and so many friends on social media through the Instagram account that I had. But to be honest, like I, that became my identity. Like, oh, you're the girl with UC, like, and you talk about it and, and I have a disease, you know, and, and there is, I do believe that, you know, the body 
achieves what the mind believes. And when we live in a state when we feel that we are ill and sick and we're repeating that messaging to ourselves, we kind of, it become, it can become a self-manifesting prophecy. And I don't want to sound woo or anything like that, but I do believe that like we all have the capacity to heal and to be better. And your symptoms right now are your disease is a, is a description of these symptoms you're experiencing. And that is this time and place, but that's, it can be temporary. Like I feel that there's so many stories of self-healing across the world, but I, I do feel like when you nourish your body, you, you know, work with the right practitioner, um, you can't, you might not be able to completely, you know, obviously there's things that you can't cure, but you can take your body from a place of very ill, sick to a place of, of abundance and health. And, um, and just knowing that, you know, where I am, even like right today, I'm doing great. And I have, I'm in remission and, and very stable. I'm off medications, like in two months, it could change. Right. (laughs) And so, um, but I know what it takes to kind of get me here and maintain me in this space um, of remission for me and kind of knowing what your triggers are. And that's, it's just, it's the work that you have to do. It's kind of like, we all have to do this work. You know, it's the daily work of life of like knowing yourself, knowing how you react, that self-awareness and the study of the self in yoga, it's called the Svedyaya, but it's, um, you know, how you know you're going to react and how can I put myself into positions in work socially that are going to support me and thrive? And how can I share with others, you know, who I am and how I react and, and be surround myself with others who not only like understand, but they support that and they do their best to put you in those environments as well. So I think it's just, it takes a lot of communication, self-understanding and compassion, but I think that's ultimately, um, you know, one of the, the biggest tools is that, protection of your energy i'm telling you (laughs) what do you think were some of the key things that got you to remission as you you mentioned you were trying everything acupuncture and reducing your stress and getting into diving deeper into nutrition what do you think for you what do you think were the key things that really allowed you to reach remission and then talk to me a little bit about how you came off your medications making that decision and then did you discuss that with your doctor? Did you have a plan for tapering off? Share some of that about your journey. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest, so I say the bigger things that helped me kind of get to a, a space of remission were, you know, definitely stress management and managing my expectations of what, sh- you know, like we hold ourselves to such high standards. So like being reasonable and giving yourself grace and through stress management, it like acupuncture was amazing for that for me. Obviously, I'm going to talk about yoga just because I know that the more we're able to sit with ourselves and that practice of self-study and self-awareness, we just are able to respond rather than react and predict, not absolutely predict, but know how we might react in a certain situation, being mindful and like, how can I make changes? So there's like that mental change. But also for me, it was reducing my intake of processed foods. Like so many of the ingredients that were really causing me trouble were just, you know, they were preservatives or, or gums or different things that were in processed foods. So, and just certain foods on my red list, right? Like in my nutrition coaching program, we talk about what are your red, your yellow, and your green foods and should have you done, you know, like sit down and make a list. What are the foods that you know are no's? What are the foods that are like, mm, I could have a little bit of it, but not a lot. And then what are foods you could eat all day long and like really focusing on my greens, creating menus and foods, you know, meal plans for myself that were greens with a little bit of yellow and trying to avoid the reds. But for me, it was really, you know, really honing in on the processed foods and eating quality quality foods and nourishing foods. Like, you know, knowing like, okay, like my husband puts sriracha on everything and I love, used to love spicy foods. But I'm like, you know what that, I love the taste of it, but I feel like crap. Why am I doing this to myself? If I, if I, you know, so it's kind of knowing, knowing your trigger foods, which does take work. That's like constant work. There could be new things. And sometimes it wasn't even like 
maybe it's not this food. It's like the combination of these foods together, you know, like sometimes one thing would be okay. So, but for the biggest, the biggest trigger for me and, and kind of pathway to healing was eliminating processed foods, eating foods in their whole form, um, and not being afraid of protein. I think there's a lot of new data and research and ongoing research about the importance of protein. And, um, you know, protein is the building block of your cells. You need it for so much. And I think that it is, you know, oftentimes it can be really difficult when you're sick and flaring to eat a lot of meat, right? Cause that's can be difficult to digest and break down. So I focused in on what are the proteins that I can assimilate the best. So collagen powders, bone broth, really cooked chicken, things that are soothing to like, just knowing, okay, I'm in a state of inflammation. I need to help my body process these foods and not eat raw salad, you know, like with like a bunch of meat, like at that time, but now I can eat those fine. Other things that I, so when I started, so the reason why I got off medication was actually, it was like earlier this year, I actually ran out of my medicine and I went three weeks. I didn't even know. I like, just have like my little pill case. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I have not taken my medication. And I'm like, I've been off of it for a month. And I'm fine. Totally fine. So I'm like, okay, well, I went back on it. Cause I'm like, well, I don't want to, I had, I had a hysterectomy this year. So it's like, I'm going to have surgery in April. I do not want to go into that sick with a flare. So I basically got back on my medicine, but then after surgery, I did um, a round of, there's a peptide called BPC-157, body protective compound 157. Um, it's a compound that was actually discovered in your, uh, it's discovered in the human mucosal, like in the gut. And it can be taken orally or through injections. Um, it helps. It's been studied the most actually for GI problems, folks who have Crohn's and colitis, but um, it also helps with like tissue and wound healing. So I did a course of that after my hysterectomy to help with my post-surgical healing. But my naturopath was like, hey, you know, this will actually help your, it could help your UC as well. So I took it, I took around, um, so my surgery was in April, did that in about for one month from May through June. And in June, I was like, you know, I'm going to kind of try to ease off my medication again and see how I do. Cause I just did all this work. I had my surgery. The stress of that is over. So I started to just play with reducing my medication. I would take like rather than two a day, which I was on, I would do like one a day for a week and then one every other day. And then one every three days until about, you know, it, it was about a month of weaning off in July. So I'm still early in my being off of my medication, but I did just get my calprotectin tested last week and it was 18, which I was super stoked about, um, pretty low for, um, a UC patient. And so, um, no symptom, asymptomatic now, but again, like that could change. And I'm not against, I'm not against medication at all. Like it is a life changer. We, there's a reason why we have it, but I'm also someone that's like, I would, I want it to be there if I need it, but I don't want to have to rely on that I want to be able to make good choices and, and impact my health through my actions and what I put in my mouth and how I live my life. And then if I do need that medication, it's there and I know that it works for me. Um, but so far I've been able to kind of prove like in a small fashion as a small, small little self-study that at least for the last few months, I've been able to keep my gut in remission with without medication. And did you share it with your doctor? What was the conversation like? Was he? Uh, my doctor had no idea. So my doctor actually wants me to have a colonoscopy, not my, not my doctor, my doctor's PA, which is kind of, I'm since I haven't been symptomatic for a while, I'm now seeing the PA. If I were re like, if I were having problems, then I see the doctor because she, you know, she's going to give it more priority. Um, my, the PA wanted me to have a colonoscopy. They scheduled one for me actually in September. And I'm like, can I first just check my calprotectin first? Cause I don't, I feel good. And my gastroenterologist, she's like in the past, she's like, Kelly, we only go looking if there's a problem. We're only, I'm only going to give you a colonoscopy when you're really sick and we need to see how bad it is. So that's been like her mindset, but her PA is like, well, it's been three years since you've had a colonoscopy. We should go in and look. But I'm like, I, this, again, my personal choice, like, I don't want to go 
poking around and create like my fear is like, okay, let's have this stress of a colonoscopy, the prep, which we all know what that's like. And just to, and which may cause symptoms versus like, I'm doing great. And that's why I asked, I'm like, can I, can you check my calprotectin? And she's like, okay, I'll agree to that. So she checked it and she's like, hey, it looks great, which means you're managing your symptoms, you know, your disease well. Uh, but I haven't told anyone that I'm not taking the medication, <laughs> um, which I should, you know, like, to be honest, but eventually um, you can. <laughs> yeah, eventually I will. And I'll, and I'll share that with her. But um, yeah, it's just been kind of more of like this self experiment study that I've been doing. Now, if I were sick, and ill, there's no way I would stop taking my medication or I had tried that early in my disease or not communicate with my provider. But I have been feeling well with no disease symptoms for like really like 2020 when I started to, I had a few symptoms, but really from 2021 forward, I've been totally fine. So I didn't, <laughs> I haven't. Um, it sounds terrible. My dog, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. Do as I say, not as I do. You should yeah. you should speak with your doctors about medications. Yes, yes absolutely. And my naturopath knows. Well, I work, you know, and I, I feel terrible, like, oh, I'm going behind the my doctor's back. And because my naturopath was the one that she was like, hey, like, why don't you just ask for a calprotectin test? And to that can demonstrate or show some in indication of inflammation. And if your calprotectin is good, then you probably don't need a colonoscopy. That was my naturopath's recommendation. And, you know, there's, there's mindsets around both, but, you know, I feel good and I don't feel sick and I don't feel, you know, I'm like, why do I want to go poke around and cause some inflammation when I'm feeling? And I also have a fear of just to be honest, like, so I have heard stories and I don't know if they're true or not, but I've read stories, heard stories of people getting C. diff from a colonoscopy because like unsterilized equipment or not properly sterilized equipment getting, you know, into your inserted into your rectum. So, um, and, and because of my, my background with C. diff, I'm pretty um, cautious around that because that it can be, I mean, it, it kills people. I think it kills like 30,000 people a year. And, and I know people who have had C. diff, especially in the Crohn's and colitis community that it is recurrent and they cannot get rid of it. So I'm, pretty like cautious and protective about my body in that way. It's definitely a valid concern. And I think it's important to note that you did have the open conversations with your, the PA to talk about the options other than the colonoscopy. So you are having that open conversation and, and you are standing up for what you want for you're listening to your body, advocating for yourself. And that's important as well. So you're not going through it blind. You've got your naturopath right, you're sharing exactly. with your physician. So I think, yeah, I think, and I that's think it's great. part of, right. My like journey is like becoming, getting in the past, rather than sitting in the passenger seat of your disease, trying to get in the driver's seat. I think that, um, you know, I, I have met many people who have told me that their doctors told them food has no impact on your disease. Mm -hmm. And, I will tell you that it has a direct impact. Like I know when I eat something and I'm running to the bathroom, like I can see that I feel like food is one of the most immediate, like you see the most immediate reaction of food than anything else. Stress can take a few weeks or years or whatever, but like my husband will eat the wrong thing and he's in the bathroom for the whole rest of the day and he doesn't even have a diagnosis. So let's, uh, I want to talk about what you're doing now, because I know a lot of your journey has led you to where you're at now. So you mentioned earlier that you left a really stressful job. You made the decision to leave that and do something completely new. So talk to me about what it was like to make that decision that I know from your reading your Instagram posts, like leaving the security of the full-time job and going completely on your own and starting a business. So talk to me about making that decision? Absolutely. The decision to leave a well-paying salary job with public employee benefits and retirement and all that was very difficult. Um, I have, you know, I, I didn't grow up with much as a, you know, my family, whether it's many times in my childhood, we qualified for food stamps. So as an adult, it's always been like, for me, like I've always focused on having a steady financially supportive job where I can have, you know, I can maintain, I can expect that I'm getting a paycheck. That's just like what I've, you know, mentally always 
needed to feel that security. And, you know, which is great. There's nothing wrong with, with having a job. I think it's amazing, but I was just in a crazy stressful job. So one of the biggest things that helped me was actually just like talking to mentors about the stress I was under. I have like three, some three or four really great mentors who are former bosses or kind of like, you know, they're a little bit older than me. And I just started sharing with them, you know, I'm really stressed out. My health is suffering. I'm kind of thinking about starting my own business or at least leaving this job. And one of my mentors was like, Kelly, you are the exact kind of person that needs to run your own business. You need it. You have all these skills. Um, and that's why I kind of, what I just needed to hear was like somebody saying, you can do this. And I'm super thankful that that particular mentor was like, if you need a client, we will be your first client. We'll sign a retainer with you. So I was, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's great. But it was still like, okay, one client, you know, I do marketing and communication. So I'm like, okay, that's one client, but I need more to, you know, replace the paycheck that I was, was having. But then I started having more of those conversations with mentors and, hey, I'm leaving. And then these mentors all like started to get together, like three of them started this group text message and they're like, Hey, this is a super secret text message to support Kelly and her business journey. If any of you know someone who needs support or, or, um, who needs communications, help marketing help, let's send them to Kelly. I'm like, Holy cow. (laughs) And again, that's, it's like, we try to do so much on our own. Like when I talked about that whole journey of trying to heal myself the first five years and try this, try that, like, I wasn't really, I was doing it all on my own and not seeking help and support of maybe like a functional medicine provider who could help me like, oh, Kelly, these might be your trigger foods or whatever. I just did it on my own, which again, there's nothing wrong with it. But same thing, like, I'm like, I need to ask for help. Like, I think that's one of our flaws. I think women are really hard, are terrible about it. But I think in general, we're, we kind of like have this, you know, stereotype that we got to like bust it, grind it out on our own. We don't need help. We do it on our own or else we're not making, like we're not self-made if we're asking for help. And the reality is like people want to help you. They want you to be your best and they want to support you. So once I started sharing with people, I'm sick, I'm not well, I'm starting, I'm leaving this stressful job. I'm starting my own business. I am a mark. I do marketing communications. I've never had to do marketing for my own business because I, it all has happened from word of mouth referral. So those mentors either signed me up for as a client or they sent business. They still send business to me today. I'm constantly getting referrals through them. And then the more that I shared with people that I was leaving, you know, they, they started to hire me and I've gotten so many, you know, I have more work now than I can accept. You know, I've, I can only take so much on my own because I'm just a one woman show. But I think that oftentimes we get in our own way, right? Like, like it's not like the first two weeks or the two weeks before I left my job, I would wake up at 2 a.m., have panic attack. I'd start looking on indeed.com for job openings. Like, I can't do this. I'm just going to find a job. I'm going to find a job. And then I'm like, you know what? Just have faith in yourself. Just have faith in yourself. Just believe. And I, where focus goes, energy flows. And where, when you say it, like, I'm going to be healthy. I am healthy. I am well. I'm going to be successful. It is going to happen. It's not, you know, like obviously those are words. And, but when you start writing your goals down or making it, repeating it to yourself over and over, you're going to naturally choose, make decisions and make choices that align with your goal and your vision. And I think just believing in yourself, having that, you know, it sounds like I hate to be like toxic positivity and all that, but like, there is something to mindset and having, you know, that the mindset that I've never done this before. I don't know how to, but I can learn like same thing with my wellness, like in my health, I don't know how to eat healthier, but I can learn and, and, or I can make choices or I can find someone who can help me do that. So yeah, my advice is to ask for help, tell your friends, tell people who that you're, you know, if you're starting a new business, like tell people that you're doing it and because they might have a need that you will fill. And another thing folks can do is like I, a few times I'm like, I'm going to look in my region to see who's hiring for a marketing person in my area. And I just reach out to like, hey, I know you're hiring for a marketing person. In the meantime, until you hire a full time position, do you need any help or do you want to contract with me instead of paying a full time <laughs> position with benefits. So um, I worked 
when I, one of the jobs I worked with, um, we would always say it's an asking world. And I think that we, again, because we don't want to ask for help, we don't want to ask for things. We kind of just stay in our lane versus like, what's the worst that someone can say is no. We would have customers every day call in and be like, we would not have a sale running. It was a, uh, we sold aviation parts like to pilots and, and people would call no sales running, but they'd be like, Hey, can I get a discount on that? And then the sales guy would be like, yeah, we'll give you 20% off. And it's like, all day long that would happen. And people there, they, they, there was no sale. They just asked if they could have a discount and we gave it to them. It's an asking world. And that's what we would always say that, you know what, might as well put it out there. And then, you know, having faith in yourself that like, even if this fails, right, I still tried and I worked, you know, I put everything I had into it and I can always get another job. There's lots of jobs, like, especially right now. <laughs> I love that. I think it's great advice. So now tell me, in all of that, where did you find the time to become a certified yoga teacher and a certified nutrition coach? And talk a little bit about those things that you do. Yeah, I got certified as a yoga teacher actually back in 2018. So that was before I left my job. And I first started, you know, I'm like, okay, I've been doing practicing yoga for a really long time. I just want to deepen my practice and just personally know more about the philosophy of yoga, the history of yoga. And so I did that yoga teacher training in 2018. And then I actually like started teaching in person and loved it just because it was this one time in my day where like it was a one job that I could have where I didn't like, didn't have stress, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you got to memorize your yoga sequence and, and how to teach, but it was a way for me to impact others and provide a space for them. You know, I just ran into a, a student that I had, 2019 and he was like an, a healthcare executive and I just ran into he and his family this last summer and he was like Kelly I was going through some of the worst parts of my career most stressful times of my career when I was going to your yoga classes and you have no idea like how much that helped me my wife would literally I would be I would say like oh I'm too busy and she would say you need to go see Kelly go to yoga so being able to help provide a space and hold space for people to be nothing but themselves without expectations or that um, stress of daily life was super impactful for to me. And also it's like a good reminder. Every time I teach, I'm like, you know, I got to practice what I preach, you know, like it, I've got to live in this path. Um, and so that, you know, kept me through the pandemic and then taught online and, and in person throughout the last five years of having my certification. But this year I, you know, because I really started to feel like gosh, like the impact of, of what I've done through food has really helped heal my body. And I want others to help, help others feel empowered to take, to get into the driver's seat of their health and not feel like they're just along for the ride. Um, because I do feel like there's more every day, there's more research and data around how, you know, food is information to our nervous system, to our bodies and how, um, you know, certain foods and, and especially like chemicals and ingredients that we have here in the U.S. that aren't allowed in other countries, um, how they're really taking long lasting tolls on our health. And so like I want to help other people. And, you know, I'm naturally kind of like a, a, obviously being a yoga teacher, but I naturally love kind of coaching and helping others on their journey. And so I um, when I had my I knew I was going to have my hysterectomy. I'm like, OK, I'm going to be down for a few months of not being able to move because I'm healing my body. I'm going to go crazy if I don't do something or learn something. I don't, I'm not a TV person. I don't watch television. I'm not a movie person. So I'm like, I, and I've always wanted for the last really last four or five years to become a nutrition coach and just to also just to learn more about nutrition and, and how would it impact your performance athletically or in your life. And so I signed up to, I signed up for a nutrition coaching program through Precision Nutrition. I talked to a lot of folks that I know who work in the wellness space in the industry. So strength coaches, I talked to owners of physical therapy clinics where I had gone to PT and I just kind of asked them like, what, you know, what certification do you, do you recommend or do you look to as 
kind of an industry standard. So most of them recommended precision nutrition. So that's why I chose precision. There's lots of great ones um, out there, but I loved it. And what I love about precision nutrition and that coaching program is really, you know, there's a lot of um, nutrition programs, coaching programs that are like, how do we help people just lose weight quickly? You know, how do we get them on? Like, we're just going to give a meal plan and tell them how to eat. Like, here's your meals for the day and go. But precision and the mindset that they have is one that I love is like, how can we make the littlest of change slowly? Because what happens with too many people is when they're sick or when they're trying to lose weight, they're looking for answers right here, right now. And then they try to change everything all at once. Like we're going to throw the kitchen sink at it. We're going to do keto or I'm going to do low FODMAP really hard, really fast. And then you get burned out. And then like, it's like we rip the bandage too, too fast, too hard. And then we kind of just like get exhausted and we go back to doing what we did before because we're like, you know what, that's safe. And I know that doesn't require mental space and mental energy versus um, look at my coaching philosophy is like incremental small changes that lead to big results in the end. And, you know, in eight years, it's taken me eight years to really get to this point of like understanding what affects me and how I can manage my disease. And I'm still learning. There's still things and I'm like, oh. I didn't know that this would trigger me or this food would make me, you know, I just had like a few weeks ago, I was having like loose stools and I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? Turns out I take like a CBD tincture before bedtime. I ran out. I bought a different band that was in an alcohol base instead of a coconut oil base. And that was causing my problem. Stop that immediately. Like, okay, it's all like learning. But anyway, so my co- like my coaching program and the philosophy that it takes is just how do we, you know, how do we, again, simplify, make things simple. And then we create healthy habits, lifestyle habits that you can sustain for the rest of your life. It's, you know, I think that good nutrition um, is and choices in your diet and lifestyle, like what's good for UC is also good for like my husband who doesn't have UC, like making those good choices are just things families anyone can can make but then how do we do it in a way that doesn't seem like we're adding more because nobody wants one more thing (laughs) now are you doing that in conjunction you've got the marketing business that you're running but you're now taking on clients for nutrition coaching i am yeah so and that's yeah on the in addition to my marketing job i'll probably always do marketing because that's like my first love and i have amazing clients that I work with, you know, part of having your own business, you get to choose who you work with, um, and choose the projects that you take on. So I'm at this great space where, you know, before when I was in kind of like a communications role, it was like the emergency crisis communications and okay, like a kid brought a weapon to school or this happened like a bus crash. And now we have to write a, you know, a press release and deal with the media and all of that. Like you just described my job for 14 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're living in this fight or flight. And now I do like website design and graphic design and strategic communication strategies and videography, photography, more of the creative things that help me feel like, you know, fulfilled in that aspect. But yes, I'm starting to take nutrition clients and just help folks. You know, there's so many things that everyone comes with a different story and they've tried different things. And so I think what most people need to be honest is just like, a partner in that? Like, how do I navigate this journey? And also someone who's like, I feel like with like communications, you can write a communication, you can read it 10 times and think, okay, I think it's good. You have somebody look at it and they're like, uh, you misspelled this. This could be written better because like you're too close to it, right? Like you're, and that's how um, I feel with nutrition coaching. A lot of times you're like, gosh, I'm doing all the things. And somebody's like, well, let's take a look and let's look together. And how can we you know, let's, you know, it's just a fresh set, a fresh perspective on what you're doing. Because I feel like sometimes we just do the same thing over and over, or we think we're doing something. And it's just, we just, we're all doing the best with what we have. That's the reality. But having a partner in that, somebody to navigate that journey, or um, help provide suggestions and changes along the way. And then, you know, agreeing on what's our goal at the end of the day, like together, like what's you and it's really what's your goal? (laughs) What do you how do you and not just elimination of, you know, your symptoms, which I think is great, but like, 
like, how do you want to feel? What's, you know, what do you want to be able to do? Like, do you want to be able to do a triathlon? Have you ever had a, you have a goal of, of owning a bakery and, but you're just too tired to get up at 3am or whatever it might be. Um, so those types of, um, you know, goal setting is really important, but, um, and I think that's where, you know, most people just need like a, somebody to hold their hand through that process and walk them through. Um, oftentimes I think people are like me, they get diagnosed and like, what is this disease? I've never even heard of it before. How, where do I even start? Where do I even begin? So yeah. And the goal all around is just deep health is what I like to call it. And deep health is not only just nutrition, right? It's how your sleep, it's your social connections and your social, you know, your network, not social network online, but your in-person social network. It's your, your mental health. Like how are you doing mentally and being honest when you need help and where you, when you feel good. Um, and so it's, yeah, all of these things encompass health. And so in nutrition, we talk about foods too, but a lot of it is people are surprised when a nutrition coach starts talking about how's your sleep you know, how is, what's your social life like? What's your stress level like? Cause they're like, oh, I thought you were just going to tell me what to eat. And it's like, you know, which is great. Or I thought you were going to tell me which supplements to take or whatever, um, which, well, for one, you can't supplement your way out of a bad diet. That's like <laughs> a big thing, but it's health. Health is so much more than, I mean, nutrition is a big role for many people, but there's so many other things. If you're not sleeping well, if your stress is high, like we can give you the most perfect low inflammatory diet, but if you're still, if there's still other parts of the house on fire and we're just putting out the fire in the kitchen, right? The house can still burn down when the other rooms are still on fire. That's a great analogy. It's, it's not just one thing when it comes to chronic illness. So talk to me, you took some time off from social media as you were building all these businesses and getting certifications and diving further into nutrition. You're back on social media, so tell me a little bit about your presence there, what it's been like to share your journey, and what your goal is with your social media. Tell us what the new one is going forward. Yeah, so I decided to change my name. Like, So rewinding a few years ago, I started to build a website where I'm like, I want to talk, start sharing about my experience. I mean, like, like others, I'm like, I want to share and connect with other people who are going through the same thing. So I bought like chronicallywilled.com because like, again, I don't, you have a chronic illness, but more importantly, like, again, not getting focused on what your disease is not your identity, right? I think that's a, a pitfall sometimes, but chronically willed is what I had stuck with for my domain. Cause I'm like, you know what, like no matter what, I'm never stopping. I'm always going to push forward and that's my domain. So I purchased that website. I started building it out as a blog and then I'm like, then I just let it fall aside. Just like, you know, that was one thing, one more thing that I'm like, okay, subtract this for now. I'm not going to just going to sit on it. And then when I got my nutrition certification, I'm like, gosh, I should, you know, come, share my story of how I arrived at healing and connect with others. Again, there's so many people that I still consider friends. There's people that I connected to connected with on Instagram through that account that I regularly still stay in touch with now, just all my personal social media or personal um, connections. So I am like, you know, I'm just going to change my Instagram account to chronically willed instead of um, notorious IBD. Cause again, notorious kind of has this like nefarious, which I love cause I love notorious BIG. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, but then I'm like, Oh, that's just like, again, it's like who I am. Like, I don't want, I am not IBD. IBD is not me. That is a part of like my diagnosis, but it's not Kelly. You know, that's not who Kelly is. So, um, you know, I'm like, and, and more people need this message of encouragement and support. And I know that we all need a space to vent. That's like absolutely critical. But I also think that I have made so many changes in my own life that, and when I personally, in those, in those last few years, I've been posting a lot on my personal Instagram about my nutrition, my lifestyle. Just like two weeks ago, I ran into a close friend of mine who I haven't seen really in about a year and a half. And she was like, Kelly, you have changed our lives so much. We follow you on Instagram and like 
the foods you're eating. And then I got really into like cold plunge and sauna <laughs> and doing those things. And they're like, we've started doing it too. And you have no idea how much you've impacted. And they're like, they don't have a disease. They're just like trying to be healthier. You know, like we're all just trying to, um, you know, we know the over the last pandemic, you know, that like how, you know, folks who weren't well, how COVID impacted them way more. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, really, we saw the impacts of that. So I think everyone's on this awakening journey of like taking back control of their health and doing what they can so that we can be more resilient to anything that comes up, viruses or disease. So yeah, I, I, I'm like, okay, I need to get back on and just share my story. I've been so quiet and I've been gone through so much in the last few years. And I know there are people who are struggling just like I did. And there's, there are other lots of amazing voices sharing their story. And, and mine is a little bit different than everyone else's. And I think that's great. And um, yeah, so that's why I um, recently got back on. I'm starting to post again and write, writing some blog posts and just kind of sharing things. I'm mostly kind of curious what people want to see. You know, I will say since I took a break from social media on that account and have come back, the thing that I'm challenged with is like, it's like all reels now, right? Like video reels. And I'm like, Oh, I feel like, like an old person, like, Oh, I've got all these kids and their videos. And I got to put out a video on this. And so I'm trying to work on more content that's like video focused. And, but also I want to know what people are interested in. That's kind of my um, question. Cause you know, as a nutrition coach, I don't want to provide, I'm not going to be the kind of coach that's like, here's your meal plans for the week. And just like, eat this. Like, no, pick what foods you like and what work for you. I just want to help people learn, like learn about how their nutrition, how it works. Like learn, like a lot of people don't like, I asked my sister, like, what are your macros? And she was like, I don't, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, well, it's just like the amount of protein, carbs, and fat that you're eating on a regular basis. And you don't have to track it down to the grams. Like, okay, maybe today I'm going to focus on like, did you know that you, you know, a woman should eat a palm size you know, one palm size worth of protein at every meal and, you know, just making it super simple and giving little tips and tricks. Because I think when we start with everything, we're trying to rip the bandaid off or trying the heaviest, hardest tactic that we can, it can just be way too much for too much change to be sustainable, especially if you have kids and a family, like, and you're trying to feed other mouths than yours. Um, it's really challenging to make broad sweeping changes versus like over time, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then eventually before you know it, you wake up, it's been five years and like the way that you and your family eat are, is completely different, but it hasn't felt like that overnight change because like you've gradually made those changes. Yeah. My biggest suggestion to anyone is just pick like one thing to focus on at a time. Like, okay, you know, this next month I'm going to focus on you know, making like spending an extra five minutes every day, just like pre-cutting vegetables or, you know, what's a five minute action I can do each day that's going to help get me to health. Like maybe it's setting out my outfit for the next day, the morning, like, I know it sounds so, sounds stupidly simple, right? But if I'm going to create more time for myself to do the things that I love or enjoy um, by just making little actions every day, everything incrementally builds up. Nobody became like for people who see like people who are like bodybuilders, it takes them years to get like that unless they're taking <laughs> steroids or things like that. But like these, it's a constant journey, journey and evolution. And I think that um, we sometimes we, have these expectations of ourselves that we should be a certain way immediately or overnight. And then we put too much pressure on ourselves. Very well said. I love that strategy. I love that advice. So if people want to follow you, keep up with you, where can they find you online and on social media? Yeah. So at Chronically Willed on Instagram and it's Chronically Willed on Facebook. And then um, just www.chronicallywilled.com is my website. And it's in progress is still adding things. There, there are articles up there. I share some of my journey with some alternative treatments like BPC-157. Um, um, I've done all different types of alternative therapies that are not just for um, my gut, but you know I've done prolotherapy and plasma-rich 
platelet, you know, PRP. Um, so lots of other things. I'll share my stories and then hopefully I'll get to share some of my friends who I live with in central Oregon. I live in Oregon and I have a lot of friends here who have other diseases who have, they've healed um, through their journeys and I want to start sharing their stories too. That's wonderful. I'll put all the links in the show notes so everyone can find them quickly. We have covered a lot of different topics. Is there anything that you wanted to share with the audience that I didn't get a chance to ask you about? No, I think you covered everything. I would just say like, believe in yourself, believe in your body's ability to heal and know that this is only temporary. That's something I've always told myself since I was a child. Like when times are really crummy and, and terrible or you're feeling awful, like this is just now, it's not the future and you can impact that, like take control of and feel like you have the ability to take control. I know it's difficult at times, but believe in yourself, lean on those around you. They want the best for you and protect your energy. Very well said. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining me today, for sharing your story. It has been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for listening. If you love these interviews and want to support the podcast, visit my website at Crohn'sFitnessFood.com where you can browse my featured products page to shop the companies I love and support. Make a donation using the Buy Me a Coffee link to send a little love or grab a copy of my book and IBD story, Crohn's Fitness Food and My Rocky Road to Health. If you have an IBD story that you want to share, send me an email at story at Crohn'sFitnessFood.com. And always remember, be strong, be grateful, and keep going.